trainers tend to be very, very good at making things hard and not necessarily making things easy. The problem with that is trainers typically move really well and they have a high kinesthetic awareness, but their members typically don't. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online and face-to-face courses, accredited for CECs and other continuing education points, with up to a massive 40% discount for members of Australian Fitness Network. In this episode, performance coach Matt Truscott talks meeting clients where they need to be met, why we need to help clients move before we load them up, and why PTs should specialise to become experts in a niche area. With Network's Catherine Wynn. Okay, so welcome, Matt, to the Fitness Industry Podcast. Let's get straight into it and chat all things getting personal training back to basics. Can you explain to us why the concept of suffering and hard work is being the only acceptable means? Making things hard is easy, and we seem to always be striving for the next hard workout. But have we lost the art of making things simple? The answer is yeah, I would say so. I think as trainers, what we like to do is make things sexy and it looks awesome when you can do a backflip holding a barbell and then, you know, holding a chainsaw and anything else, right? So that that's attractive. We like the things that look good. And as trainers, especially new ones, we want a point of difference. We want people to work with us and the sexier we look, either from an aesthetics perspective or the things that we can do, that might bring people in. And trainers tend to be very, very good at making things hard and not necessarily making things easy. The problem with that is trainers typically move really well and they have a high kinesthetic awareness, but their members typically don't. If your members come to you, or or clients rather, when they're coming to you, it's because they need help. Either A, they don't move well, B, they have pain, C, they don't know how to do it, and nutrition, et cetera. But at the end of the day, they come to you because they don't know. So then if you give them all these complicated things, they're probably gonna fail, at least initially. So, I think that we should meet people where they need to be met and make them a little bit more simple. It's just getting crazy because people associate success with soreness. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really sore. My glutes are sore. I must have had a good workout. Or I burned a thousand calories and I'm dripping sweat. Awesome. But where's the longevity in that? Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm playing the piano and then until my fingers don't work anymore, well, I'm not going to be able to play very well. Right? So take a day off. Mm. How is that any different from the fitness industry? Mm. Right? You don't sit in front of a math book for eight hours in a day. Yeah. And the harder you move the pages, that means you learn more. The harder you write. No, it's just, are you retaining the information? Are you getting better? And we associate hard with, with correct. You're right. And we're all, we're all competing for who's suffering the worst. Yeah. And apparently that's like a rite of passage. Yeah. Awesome. So then what would you say as a trainer would be the th- like three key things to keep things simple when they have a new client approach them? Yeah, cool. Oh, three things. Okay. I would find out what they do most and start with those things, right? So if people are struggling in moving, right, they have a job that sits a lot, maybe just work on the moving bit before you start loading them up and, and, and worrying about all that. There's a significant stress about giving people what they want. They want to be thin, they want to be strong, they want to have a six-pack, and they want to have a good time on spring break or whatever. And you have to, you have to help them, right? It's your job. Uh, but at the same time, it shouldn't be at the detriment of their health. 
So find out what they truly need most and blend that into their goals. So you have goals and you have needs. If you can find a way to do both, that'd be really awesome. But don't overlook the needs to give them their goals. So I guess that'd be one and two, needs and goals. And uh, number three, keep it simple. Keep it simple, right? Most of these people come to us because they need help, not because they need to go crazy. Mm-hmm. And that probably sounds funny coming from me because I'm the guy that takes the easy stuff and makes them complicated. But that's because we can take easy stuff and slowly make it more complex and make them more empowered, I guess you could say. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So when you say getting back to basics, what is it that you actually mean in terms of that? Yeah. A lot of times people think back to basics mean like, you know, the plank or the squats. And And I don't mean it that way. What I mean is whatever that person wants to achieve, they should look at the basic fundamentals of that. So if I'm running a Spartan race, for example, obstacle course race with lots of running, I need to be very good at two things. One is running. (laughs) Am I a good runner or not? Do I have the endurance and the capacity to do so? Do I have good running technique, etc.? And then secondly is burpees, believe it or not, that you have to do a lot of those in the race. And some of them is it's required do X amount of burpees with X exercise, or it's uh, you failed at an exercise. And so therefore you have to do burpees. So I would just do those things. Can I do those things? And Can I do them without pain? Can I do them well? Can I do them for long periods of time? That would be the basics. However, when you see Spartan race, you're thinking about throwing a spear. You're thinking about crawling under things, crawling over things, jumping walls. And that's all great. But if you can't even run to get there, that's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are outdoors on trails. Are you good at trail running? Do you have the stability in the feet and ankles and hips to be able to run up and down hills that are unstable Mm -hmm. or are uneven rather? So that's basics for me, for uh, somebody who wants to play tennis. Are you even good at rotating and moving, right? So those would be your fundamentals. Can I swing a racket? Yeah, but can I move side to side laterally? So those would be your basics, in in my opinion. If you want to take it something that's more complex, like a movement, say, like a clean and jerk, Olympic lifting, can you even pick up a barbell? Can you get into a deep position to be able to pick up the barbell well? Can you press the barbell up overhead? Yeah. So those would be your basic fundamentals. So I think it's it's task specific or movement specific. Got it. Yeah. And working with the range of movement and cutting down, breaking down the whole, the big picture into segments to get them nailed or correct first exactly. and then building upon it. Exactly right. We, we like to think about, you know, what's going to be the hardest part? All right, attack that. Well, if you do all the things, again, back to a Spartan, if you get really good at climbing walls and climbing up ropes and bear crawling, that's awesome. You still have to run to get there. And it was a rude awakening for me fairly recently. The first thing we had to do, jump in water. You now have muddy shoes, muddy socks, and the entire rate, now your feet are heavy. I did not train for that part. I was completely ignorant to it. I ran lots of hills. I did all that stuff, but I was always dry. Now, am I suggesting I should have been wearing, you know, wet shoes all the time? Maybe, but, or maybe not, but there should, there could have been something I could have done to be ready for that. My legs were stuck. They were, yeah, cooked is a good word about halfway through the race. And I'm like, I still got to get this done. Yeah. Right. And so I wasn't prepared for that mentally or physically. Yeah. Right. But you wouldn't do that surely to play rugby. Mm. Right. So, but the first thing you don't do is I'm going to go play rugby now. Okay, great. What do I have to do in rugby? I have to be able to hit people. Great. Let's start with hitting. Yeah. No. Can you get into that fundamental pattern or that position first? Can you hold it? Can you be mobile in it? Okay, now you start increasing it, and then you start adding people that you hit. Mm. That's how we did it with American football. Day one, you don't go hitting each other. Yeah. 
do you know the game? Can you move? So that's exactly what we mean. Can you break it down to its most purest and simplest form? And then what's the next step and the next step? And to be honest, you might work backwards. Here's this big, complicated thing. What's the next step back, step back, step back, step back. And then you have the most original thing, right? Awesome. Love it. So being a personal trainer, we can often be expected to wear many hats, so to speak, to be a trainer, to be a rehab specialist, to be a nutritionist, motivational coach, et cetera. Can you share with us your thoughts around this? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's kind of a, uh, is it jack of all trades and professional of none? I, I can't remember it. But jack of all trades basically means that, you know, if I have five different things, imagine it's nutrition, supplementation, strength and conditioning, rehabilitation, and... Well, something else, the clothes you wear. I don't know. Um, but if I have all those five things, I'm not going to be awesome at all of them. And, and how much of a Pandora's box is nutrition? How many different diets do we have? Reading things like Deep Nutrition, it's a great book. It talks about like your actual genetics and it talks about the climate and where you live. Has, that might have a massive effect versus the workouts that you do. Mm-hmm. So you can be paleo all you want, but if you live in Arizona where it's quite hot or I guess like Carafa would be a good example of that versus say Antarctica or Alaska or something, it's going to be a completely different eating pattern. Mm-hmm. Plus what things are readily available. The American Eskimos for us, the Alaskan Eskimos, they didn't have a ton of spinach because spinach doesn't grow in the snow. You had, you had to eat like seals and fish, right? So it's fat and protein. So that's something that's heavily in depth. So how am I going to be good at that in terms of nutrition and supplementation? Like what supplements should these people be taking? And what sort of training should they be doing? What sort of rehabilitation do they need? What sort of stretching do they need? Like all of these things being thrown into one bucket is a lot for the human brain to hold and maintain. And very similar, if I go to the doctor, there's specialists. There's a podiatrist for the feet. There's an osteo to look at your bones and your joints. There's a brain doctor, right? A neurosurgeon. There's a heart surgeon. So why do we think the trainer can be the everything trainer? It's it's quite a conflict of interest. Plus, when you consider the business aspect of things, I might sell you supplements just because it also increases my bank account. And this comes from the corporate structure down selling. But that thing might not be good for somebody. So it's very tough to be awesome at everything when you consider all the levels of each one of these things. I think it might be a great idea to have a network, and they talk about this a lot with with Institute of Motion, having a network. Who's your favorite physio? If you find a good one, not necessarily partner with them, but hey, look, my client is beat up. I want to send him to this physio because I trust this person. Mm -hmm. I want to send him to this dietitian because I trust this person, Mm -hmm. right? And if you have a great network, you're now better serving your client. That's not going to get rid of your client, It's actually, you've done the best thing for them. It's probably going to create higher retention and a better relationship. And I think as a trainer, there's a lot of uncertainties with our schedule. There's a lot of uncertainties with our business to where we want to be the everything. Mm. We're the one-stop shop. But that means I'm not going to be amazing, particularly in any one thing. So for me, I'm not super awesome with diet because it doesn't interest me. I like the injuries and the performance. How can I make somebody have less pain and perform at their highest level? So that for me is my niche. I don't worry about the food. I have a buddy for that. And if he and this client don't mesh well, I got another one. Or I give give them the information of the tools that they need. I can give some general stuff, but it's just general. Mm. So if it doesn't turn me on or get me going with passion, why am I going to do it? It's just stressful. Yeah. 
right? Totally. So yeah. valuable. Like, right. yeah, That's... we are jack of all <laughs> trades. But when you think about it in the way that you just explained it, no other profession really is a jack of trades. I mean, the neuroscientist just deals with the brain. Right. An obstetrician just delivers babies. They don't know anything about exercising before or after. Right. So why, yeah, why is the pressure on us to be like this and know, you know, be across everything yes. and like even the training within the fitness industry and everything is always changing, right? Absolutely. It's paleo, it's something else or something else in the nutrition space or it's, you know, the next hottest way to be training that we need to be up to date and up to speed with for our clients. But really, why? Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, how many articles are written daily or released daily based off of all these different titles, mm. right? I can find probably 50 nutrition articles today that were published today. I can find another 25 to 50 that were released about strength and conditioning only, not even to do with weight loss training or circuit training. So now you're telling me I'm gonna spend all of my time reading articles and newsflash, trainers don't like sitting around and reading articles. They wanna move, which is why they're in an industry of moving. Yeah. So how am I gonna keep track of all this? Like that's, that's, that's kind of beating your head over a rock, right? Like do the thing that you're passionate about. I, I am very much likely to read articles about strength and conditioning and reading a variety of different opinions and a variety of different results and studies because I like that sort of thing. I geek out and I nerd out over those sorts of things. But then when somebody wants to tell me, oh, hey, read this book about nutrition and how it has an effect on XYZ, I'm just like, eh, I'm going to pass this to my buddy and he's going to tell me about it. Yeah. So, and you're absolutely right. Like, we can't be the everything of everything and have an A-plus grade and all those things. It's just not – even MMA, you find it, mixed martial arts. I'm either a Muay Thai specialist, a boxer, or a jiu-jitsu specialist. But if I do all of them, there's only so much training I can do in a day. Mm. Same as only so many articles a trainer can read in a day or videos they can watch. At some point, I still got to be able to train. I got to be able to train my clients. Like, what yeah. are you going to do? Sit in the back room all day and just learn stuff and never actually practice it? Yeah. So find the things that you're passionate about and refer out. Totally. So building your, building your network around you it's for horrible. those that are, that are specialists in those areas. And then a lot of value in the KISS method, huh? Just keep it simple, yeah. focus on your, on your niche and do that well. We like to be sexy and make it elaborate, but you're right. Keep it simple because these people are coming to you. They don't know it anyways. We love to impress other people and show how smart we are and show how awesome we are. And that's cool. <laughs> but... It's more of an ego stroke for yourself. Just pay attention to what they're actually looking for yeah. and just deliver it. Awesome. Just deliver it. Cool. All right, Lucky Last, what would be your one piece of advice you would give to any trainers out there today? Keep it simple and stay <laughs> curious. Stay as curious as possible. You're going to have a variety of different opinions and a variety of different research conclusions and a ton of different ideas. The fitness industry is so different from five years ago. Mm-hmm. Even two decades ago, CrossFit didn't exist. So look where we are now. Look at all the different changes that we've had. Technology is becoming so valuable and important that we're learning so much so fast. The industry is actually quite young. And we were made up from an industry of steroids and muscles, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and fancy clothes and bouncing around, Jane Fonda. Now, those aren't right or wrong, but that's where we started, Mm -hmm. right? And look where it's taken it now. So... We haven't necessarily got it all right yet. How long has chiropractic been studied? How long has medicine been studied? Dentistry or English or math, science, all these things have been studied for a long time, hundreds, thousands of years in some of those different titles. The fitness industry or the study of kinesiology or you know biomechanics and all that stuff hasn't been studied for a long time. Mm. 
you know, you can argue you, you can argue Da Vinci was looking at how the body was maintained, but he wasn't coming up with exercises a ton. He wasn't coming up with equipment. There's just general ideas. So I guess what I'm saying is we have such a bright future and so many opportunities, but you have to stay curious. Mm. You have to question every last little person, even your favorite people. If you like the information, great, but that doesn't mean just because you like it, it's correct. Yeah. Right. And just because you heavily believe in it doesn't mean that the other person is wrong. Yeah. Right. If there's a counter argument, you have to see both sides and you have to take the information for what it is and decipher that information. Yeah. Because otherwise the world would still be flat. Awesome, Matt. Thank you so much for your time. Invaluable information as always. And yeah, thank you for sharing your afternoon on the Fitness Industry Podcast. Hey, no worries. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. For a range of online courses to grow your training skills, including Forgotten Principles of Strength and Conditioning by Matt Truscott, head to the network website. And remember, network members make big savings on this and all other courses offered by network. Go to fitnessnetwork.com.au slash CECs today to grow your training skills and fitness career.